Welcome to the Gathering at Adel's Sermon of the Week. This message is by Pastor Jeff Hopkins. As you listen, we pray that you will be encouraged, empowered, and enriched. Thank you. God bless. Man, we are in Galatians, and we've been in Galatians for about seven weeks. I hope you haven't been bored with it. I hope in your quiet time, in your own time, you haven't been like, man, when, when are we going to finish Galatians? I, I find that, that reading large chunks of Scripture together is the most beneficial thing that we can have. Because what happens is if we don't read large chunks of Scripture and we, we take one verse from here and one verse from there, then we can make it say a lot of different things. Have you noticed that? Maybe you've heard a pastor say that. Maybe you've seen it, and you're like, man, that's not what that means at all. Well, what happens is if we don't take large chunks of Scripture, and we don't get the context that they were written in, then we will go off on something that maybe was de- descriptive, and we make it prescriptive. You know, like, like David danced before the Lord in his underwear. That is descriptive. Definitely not prescriptive, all right? That's not what we're saying around here. But what happened, that's an extreme example, obviously. But what will happen is if you take something that was written to a certain group of people and you're like, oh yeah, that's what that means. No, no, that was describing what was happening in that time. And then now you've based a theology or in some cases a denomination off of this thing that's been way out of context. And you're like, man, so... Bear with us as we walk through large chunks of scripture together, because as you do that, you'll begin to know and appreciate the word of God at an even greater level, because there are times when you hop into the word and, you know, you'll hear people say, well, if you don't know where to turn, if you don't know where to read today, just open the word and flip it. And there you go. That can be a great thing, but it can be a really bad thing because you just hop in the middle of Jude and you're like, man, all right, here we go. Let's see what the Lord has. Taking a large chunk together allows us to truly know and understand what it was talking about so that we don't go off on a tangent or something and and we start something that we shouldn't be doing. So we're Galatians 6, ending it today, and then we'll start Ephesians next Sunday. Galatians chapter 6, we're going to be in verses 11 through 18. It should be up on the screen. Uh, We're reading out of the Christian Standard Bible, and so that's what it is. Your, Your version might look a little different, but it should be pretty close to the same. All right, here you go. Verse 11, it says, Look at what large letters I use as I write to you in my own handwriting. Those who want to make a good impression in the flesh are the ones who would compel you to be circumcised, but only to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even the circumcised don't keep the law themselves, and yet they want you to be circumcised in order to boast about your flesh. But as for me, I will never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The world has been crucified to me through the cross and I to the world. Verse 15. For both circumcision and uncircumcision mean nothing. What matters instead is a new creation. May peace come to all those who follow this standard and mercy even to the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble because I bear on my body the marks of Jesus Brothers and sisters, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, your spirit. Amen. Here's the the main idea for today. The cross is our source of identity, of confidence, and life. The cross is our source of identity, confidence, and life. 
It's a little shorter than normal. Hopefully I was able to shrink that up for you. But we're in Galatians here where Paul is writing to the churches in Galatia. And he's saying, you know, he starts off, first of all, not unlike his letters where he's just like, Hey, how's it going today? Great. I'm so encouraged by you. He starts off, he's like, hey, this is Paul. I'm an apostle sent by God, not by man. And what I have for you is about, and he just goes, he's like, how dare you guys listen? Y'all have been led astray by another gospel. Not that there's even another gospel, right? And he's like, who bewitched you? I'm astonished at how quickly you have fallen away. And we've talked about all these things because what's happened is you had these Judaizers, these Jews that were coming in and trying to, Tell the, the new converts, the Gentiles, that Jesus was not enough for salvation. That it had to be Jesus plus the law. Jesus plus, as I said the word like nine times, circumcision, right? Like it had to be Jesus plus circumcision. Jesus plus the festivals. Jesus plus all these things in order to make it happen. But it's really, Paul's like, what, what are we doing? I gave you the gospel of grace. That's the only gospel there is. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the gospel of grace. And he said, you began with the spirit, now you're trying to finish it with the flesh. And so he's writing to them, and he comes to the end of the letter. And if you look at some of the other letters, which we'll be looking at, when you look at Ephesians, he'll end, and he's like, uh, he'll say, hey, this guy's name. Hey, and by the way, my, my friend, so he's coming to you. I'm excited to send him to you. And he'll end with an encouragement. Man, you guys are doing so good. I can't wait to see you guys again, to come there again. We've been blessed by you. And, and like he does all of those things in, in almost every letter that he writes. He uses that last part there as just an encouragement and as just like to recap, to talk about where he's going next. Or like I said, he'll mention someone by name. And at the end of ours that we're studying today, Galatians, he says, Look at what large letters I use to write to you in my own handwriting. So some people have speculated that because of Paul had, had poor vision, that that's what he's emphasizing. Like I, I had to write in large letters because I couldn't see. No, I don't believe that to be true. What I, I, what he, have you ever been all caps texted by somebody? You're like, dang, someone's yelling at me through text, you know. Uh, I, I got that on Facebook the other day by my wife. Like, and she too named me, Jeffrey Douglas Hopkins. Like, hey, sorry, I'll take it down. It's great though. But it's like Paul saying, hey, I'm writing to you. Look at the large letters. How much more clear can I say this? Not only that, but he says, in my own handwriting. Paul, they, they all used scribes. Can you imagine Paul gets to this point and Paul goes, bro, give, me, give, me, give it to me. Give me the pen. Look at these large letters that I'm writing you in my own handwriting. Circumcision or uncircumcision doesn't matter. Don't boast in the flesh. I'm only going to boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. Like, like he ends this letter with even more vigor and passion than he began it with. Because what this is so crucial. Because the, 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 the teaching of self-striving, of self, like I can do it all on my own. That teaching wasn't just here in Galatians, but, it, but it's permeated all the way through to where we are now. And so that's why Paul's saying, we've got to stop this right now. This is false teaching. It's not just like a, oh, that's a different interpretation of it. No, he says that this is false teaching. Do not listen to it. You've been, a, been taken astray. Or he, the one word that he uses in chapter 2 is you've been 
bewitched. You've been tricked. Someone's tried to pull something over on you. And so it's crucial. And so he comes right down here and he goes, look at these large letters in my own handwriting. The cross is our source of identity, of confidence, and of life. I say that because in verse 14 it says, But as for me, I will never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The world has been crucified to me through the cross, and I to the world. Through the cross, we see who we were made to be. When we look at the cross, we see who we were made to be. When we look at the cross, we see our value, we see our worth, and we see our responsibility. We, we get our identity from the cross. That is what separates us from the world. Because if Jesus did not go to the cross, if he, was not, if he did not die, was not buried, was not resurrected, then, then all of what he said would have been false. What defines who we are is the cross. No other God has done what he did. I, I mean, what, whatever teachings are out there, I'm not even sure of all the other gods. There, there, there's all these teachings about all these gods, about Buddha and, and all Islam, all these teachings, right? You have, you have uh, Joseph Smith leading, what, what is he, what, what is his? Latter-day, you have all these things. None of them are the true gospel. And it's because of the cross. What separates us is not our morality, not, not a good standard of living, not, not serving, not because we're, we're superior, because we're Americans. What separates us as Christ followers is the cross. Because Jesus did what no man could do, has done, or will ever do. He took his, your sin upon himself. Not only did he take it upon himself, but the word says that he became sin. So that you and I may not know sin. What separates us is the cross. And that's where we find our, our identity as Christ followers. Everything that we need to know, we look at the cross and everything is settled. Because the cross, because of the cross, we can now draw near to him. Where, where we were far off from him at one point. We, it says the, the word says that aliens in a foreign land. But now we can draw near to him. Because of the cross. The cross represents the death of our old selves, our sinful nature, and our attachment to the world. You see that our true identity is found in Christ through the power of the cross. The old man is dead. We find our identity because it says that we have been crucified with Christ and we no longer live, but he lives in us. Our identity is that of the crucified man. We do not get to satisfy the pleasures of this world. We do not get to satisfy the desires of our flesh because the flesh is dead. It is gone away. We are a new man. We, and we'll talk about that. That's life. But we have a new identity that, that, that the old is gone. It does not define us anymore. So many times people try to bring up our past and we say, that's not who I am anymore. That, but I don't deny that's who I was. But that's not who I am. By, because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Anytime somebody wants to bring up your past, all you have to say is, that, that's the old me. I, that Jeff that you knew was crucified. And, and, and it, it might have been yesterday that I had to be re-crucified to my flesh. But, 
But the cross is the power to save. The cross provides a new identity. Because before the cross, we were lost and wandering. But now we know our value and we know our purpose. We know our identity because we know our value. You see, the world will place a value on you. Your your friends, your family will place a value on you. It's always less than what the Lord has for you. You you see, our family and friends, they will put a value on us of what we're worth to them. And, and, And what can I do for them? Some of my, my good friends were good friends because I do good things for them. You know, you help somebody move seven times, you're good friends to them, right? You're, you're their, I'm their best friend, right? Because they ascribe value to me because of what I can do. But the cross levels the playing field to where now no matter what you say or do or what you can do, if you can lift 100 pounds, if you can help somebody move, if you, can, if you drive this truck or that truck, you work here, do that, it doesn't matter. Because the cross levels the playing field. And we all now have an identity as the son, as a daughter of the living king. Paul, I'm going to flip over to Philippians chapter 3. It should be up on the screen for you, but it's just a couple of passages over. Philippians chapter 3, verses 3 through 9. Look at this. This is Paul. Paul writing again. He says, For we are the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God, boast in Jesus Christ, and do not put confidence in the flesh. Although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh. If anyone thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, regarding the law, a Pharisee regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. But everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of him, I have, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung so that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God based on faith. Paul said, hey, if anyone can brag in their flesh of their old identity, it's him. And Paul said, that old me who who had attained the social status that would be desired by everybody considers it trash, garbage. So that the new Paul, so that Saul that was there is now dead and gone. And the Paul is up and alive in him. Our past no longer defines us. When you begin to look at that, that the cross, we get an identity from the cross because it changes everything about us. The cross is not just this, it's not just this like idea of like, oh yeah, if we could only do that. No, the, the cross has the power to transform you, to give you a new identity. Look at John chapter 9, the, the man born blind. He encountered Jesus. He encountered the gospel, the, the risen king right there. He encountered Jesus. He was born blind. Jesus healed him. The Pharisees were upset by it. They took took him to his parents and said, hey, is this your son? Is this the same guy? And they're like, man, I don't know. We don't really recognize him. 
The cross has the ability to give you a new identity because it will drastically change you from who you were to who you've been called to be. You remember the, the woman at the well when Jesus encountered the woman at the well. I believe it's John chapter 4. Danny can double check me on this. John chapter 4, I believe the woman at the well. Jesus goes up to her. says, hey woman, give me some water. Begins to have a conversation with her. Reveals to her her past. And she's like, man, this guy knows everything. She could have allowed her past to define her. But yet what does she do? She goes into the town where she was from and she begins to tell everybody about this man who said, if you drink from the water that he has, you will never thirst again. The woman who could have let her past of four husbands and the man that she's living with now is not her husband. She could have let that past define her. But what she did is when she encountered Jesus, she received a new identity. A new value was placed on her, not as an object, but as a person, as a daughter of Jesus Christ. And that person, same lady, went and evangelized. And it says many came to know Jesus because of that. You see, your past, you can allow it to define you if you want. You, you can sulk and you can moan, you can whine. You, you can allow the enemy to accuse you of all those things in your past. Or you can get tired of being defined by your past. Look at the cross and go, that's who I am right there. My identity, my value, my worth is found through that, not through what other people say that I am. You see, because the enemy will always try shame, guilt, and condemnation. But the word says that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so when the enemy reminds you, hey, Jeff, you're a liar. Look at all these lies you've told. You go, man, that, that was me. You're right. Not anymore. It says that, that, that I'm a new creation. See, circumcision, uncircumcision doesn't matter, but what matters is a new creation. Our identity is the fact that our sins have been forgiven. We've been made at peace with God. That we were slaves, but now we're sons. Your identity is not what you're enslaved to. Your identity is a son and a daughter of God. The cross is God's greatest expression of love for us. Because it saves us, it frees us from our sin. The, the, the phrase that I use a lot is it frees us from the power, the pleasure, and the punishment of sin. The cross gives us a new identity because those things that had a hold on us no longer enslave us. The, the way that the enemy tried to keep us in it no longer can do that. Hey, penny girl. Hey, babe. Just sit down and stay back there. Quit going in and out. That's like seven times. Somebody's kids got to be watched back there. <laughs> like how she gives you the thumbs up like, yeah, dad, won't happen again. Yeah, we'll see. God, the cross is God's greatest expression of love for us. Not only because we are saved, made free, healed, made at peace with him, but because we have a new identity with him. It says that we were at war with him. We were enemies with him. But now because of the cross, we're made 
the righteousness of God. Not only do we have a new identity because of our past no longer defines us, but now we're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ so that when he looks at you, he doesn't see your sin. He sees the blood of his son, Jesus, covered you. And you have a new identity as a son, as the redeemed, as the beloved. And that's what he sees you as. That, that's why Paul says, hey, look at what large letters I write to you in. In my own handwriting, you have to get this. Because if you keep walking in the old way, then you're going to die in the old way. Because sin always gives birth to death. There's nothing else it can give birth to. Always leads to death. It says, I have been crucified. This is in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But he lives in me. Our identity is not based on the things that used to enslave us. But our identity is rooted in the love of Jesus Christ. Our identity and value are not found through the things of this world. I mean, can I, can I promo Operation Christmas Child one more time? And maybe you got to give up that latte for one time so that you don't think that your value and your worth are through the things of this world. What sacrifices do we have to make? What? Everything about us is trying to, to receive value and worth from people. Everything. And all I'm saying that our identity is found in him. It's rooted in his love for us. The cross is our source of identity, of confidence, and life. Uh, it, it says right there, but as for me, I will never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Boasting is about confidence. It's about strength. It's about knowing What's, how, how it's going to turn out. Even though you don't know the next seven steps, but is that not the hardest part? To boast about, hey, th this isn't going to be the end of me. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to get from here to where I'm supposed to be, but this isn't going to be the end of me. My story doesn't end this way. To boast is to boast in the, in the cross, the power of the cross, and nothing else. For so long, you, you've tried to do it on your own. You've tried to strive to be the best that you can. To boast in yourself means to place confidence in yourself. To boast in the cross goes, man, I, I, I ain't got it all together. But I don't have to. Because he does. All right back there, Mimi. Hey, can I just give you a word real fast? I feel like the Lord is just saying to you right now that, man, you're juggling a lot and it's a, there's a lot going on. And he says, you come to the right place today. You made a good choice. Let the balls fall to the ground. You're juggling it all. You're trying on your own. And he's just saying, let it fall. He's got them. Amen. You're, you're in a good spot today. You're in a good spot today. I will boast in the Lord, in the cross of Jesus Christ, and in nothing else. As soon as you place confidence in your flesh and your own ability to overcome sin, you've been overcome already because the enemy's already tricked you. 
to thinking that you can do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. That's why it's the body of Christ. That's why we come together. Because we need one another. I need you to be able to look at me and go, Jeff, man, you, you say this is, what, this is what you preach on Sunday, but on Monday I see your life and it looks totally different. I need you to say that because I've obviously placed confidence in myself and in my own ability. You can't do it on your own and you weren't ever meant to do it on your own. If you could do it on your own, then you wouldn't need Jesus. Can you imagine going through that, like that thought process of, man, I got this. You don't got this. It's not yours to get. Surrender it to him. Place confidence in him. Boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. I mean, boasting has existed from the beginning of time. Ever since there was a man, there was boasting. I can promise you that. Right? It probably didn't have, it, it came before female. Boasting was there before female. But from the beginning of time, I mean, man, look at David looking at Goliath. He boasted in the Lord. Goliath just insult after insult taunted him. David walks up and is like, man, today is your day, bro. It's going down. I'm going to feed your body to the carcass, your carcass to the birds of the air. Man, can you imagine that? I mean, Coach Prime at Colorado, man, that dude's boasting, right? He's confident. People don't like him because he's confident. And, and he's 4-4. Four and four. He ain't doing great right now, but I love him. But, but he's, he's, to boast means, I mean, can you imagine being David looking at Goliath? And the words that came out of his mouth were boasting not in his own ability, but in the power of the cross. We have placed too much confidence in ourselves. You can't do it on your own. You, you can't overcome sin on your own. If you could, you wouldn't need him. And if you're in that spot where you think that you don't need him, Please come talk to me today. Because that's a serious spot to be in. The whole sum of Paul's letter is right here. That salvation and freedom is not achieved through our efforts, but through faith in the redemptive work of Jesus through the cross. The cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. 1 Corinthians 1.18 but it's God's power to us who are being saved. The cross will look like foolishness. But to those of us who are being saved, it's our confidence. It's all, like, like I don't wake up in the morning and go, man, I got this today because of me. I have to wake up and go, Father, I need you today, man. I'm going to encounter some doozies today. My confidence is in him and I will boast in him and I don't know how I'm going to get there sometimes, but I know that he will do all things that he says that he will do. We cannot place our confidence in ourselves. We've all tried and we've all failed. That's the whole purpose of Jesus coming. They had the law that was all about yourself. You can do this, you can do that. And it showed that they could not do that and they needed a savior. The world is constantly pulling at us from every direction. And on your own, you will be torn apart. The enemy is constantly pulling at us from every different direction at all times. 
He despises you and he hates you. His goal is to steal, kill, and destroy, to bring as much destruction on you and your family as possible. And he will wait till the right time where it's most effective for him and he will tear you down. Confidence in the flesh says that, hey, when he comes at me, I'm ready for him. Confidence in the cross says, Father, I, I need you today. When we embrace the cross, the world loses its grip on us. You cannot behold two things at one time. You, you cannot embrace the cross and embrace the desires of your flesh. Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 6 that, that you will, about, about the love of money, he said that you will love one and hate the other, but you cannot serve two masters. What happens when we try to do it on our own? We're trying to go, hey, I, I can make this happen on my own. When we lose focus of the cross, we place our confidence in ourselves and we think that we can do it on our own. Our confidence and strength is not from us. It says, for, for when we are weak, he is made strong. When we are weak, when I see the cross of Jesus Christ, then he is made strong in me again. The cross is our source of identity, of confidence, and life. And here's the last one, life. The point of the cross of Jesus was not death. But the cross of Jesus points to life, to resurrection, to new life, to new creation. It says, but for me, I will never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The world has been crucified to me through the cross and I to the world. For both circumcision and uncircumcision mean nothing. What matters instead is a new creation. The outward doesn't matter. You, you, can, you can look the part, you can speak the part, you can post the part on Facebook, and you can fool everybody. Circumcision and uncircumcision doesn't matter, but what matters is a new creation. The cross not only saves us and delivers us, but it has the power to transform us from the inside out. It has the power to change the way that you view things, the way that you view money, the way that you view food, the way that you view people, the way that you value those things. The power of the cross is that not only is it our source of identity, of confidence, but it's our very source of life. The very thing that we are called to be crucified on is the thing that gives us life. We must die so that we can live. And the longer that you choose, that I choose to not die to myself, the longer that I will still be dead. Because sin, I think it says it in... The Bible. <laughs> we'll go there. <laughs> we'll go there. <laughs> we'll go there. But it says that that temptation, that desire, leads to sin. It gives birth to sin, and sin gives birth to death. When we lose sight of the cross, then we allow sin to take root in our hearts. Sin will always give birth to death. The cross will always bring life. The very thing that we're called to die upon is the very thing that gives us life. Life apart from him cannot happen. I will say this is in John 1, okay, just for you Bible scholars out there. 
John 1, listen to this. This is the best opening to the gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and all things were created through Him and apart from Him. Not one thing was created that has been created. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. In Him is life. Apart from Him is death. The vine and the branches, John chapter 15, right? It says, hey, apart from me, you can do no good thing. When the vine is connected to the branch, man, that's where the, our source of life comes from. The cross, it gives us life because it rescues us from this present evil age. Galatians 1.14, I'm going to sum it up like this. 1.4. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. To him be glory forever and ever. The cross brings us life because it delivers us from the evil of this present age. The sin that so easily entangles us, that gives birth to death, we are now free from it. And we can live. If you have sin in your life, it will slowly choke it all out of you. Slowly but surely. Until one day, when the enemy thinks it's best for him to strike at that time, then he'll do it. The cross gives us life because that we were dead, but now we're alive in him. The cross gives us life because it unleashes the power of the presence of God in us. Look at Galatians chapter 3. I want you, to, it's in the early verses, verse 2. I, I only want to learn, I only want to learn this from you. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you foolish after beginning with the Spirit? Are you now finishing with the flesh? So then does God give you the Spirit and work miracles among you by your doing works of the law or is it by believing what you heard? You see that the, the, the cross gives us life because it, gives us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came when Jesus passed away. He said, hey, it's better for me to go away. I'm going to give you somebody better. The, the, the life that comes from the cross is the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, that transforms us from the inside out, that changes our thoughts and our desires. Our sinful nature is gone. We've been given a new nature to be like him. The Holy Spirit lives in us and transforms us into who God has called us to be. Galatians chapter 4, the cross ushers in where this era where we are sons and daughters now. Where we were separated at one time. But the cross gives us life because now we're sons and daughters of him. There's no life apart from the Father. I think that was good. And amen back there. He breathes life into us. The Father's love is what gives us life. Knowing that we have a Father is what allows us to live. Without that, then why are we even here? We say it all the time, like how do people go through all the things they go through without the Lord? And my response is normally, they don't make it. They might get through this thing, but then there's something else. 
There's something else. There's always going to be something else. And, and without the Lord, it's like, what, what's even the purpose? Gives birth to freedom. Right? Like, like we have life because now we have freedom. We're free from the, the power and the pleasure and the punishment of sin. We're, we're, because of the cross, we've been set free from those things. And now we can have life. I was supposed to say that scripture, temptation, and gives birth to that right here. Here's my note. James 1.15. There you go. Sin leads to death every time. Got ahead of myself. The cross is our source of identity, of confidence, and life. I'm just going to read four questions. I'm, then I'm just going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And whatever he says, just obey. The cross is the source of our identity, confidence, and life. But only if we embrace it. If only we believe it and put it into practice. Because if not, it's foolishness. So I'm going to say, are, are you allowing your past to define you? Is there something that happened a long time ago and you're allowing that to continue to define who you are? Is there a sin that you're currently struggling with that you've been struggling with for a while that you're allowing to define you? Are you seeking your identity, your value, and worth from earthly things? Where is your confidence and strength? And do you need to plug back into the source of life? Four questions. We're going to pray. Eyes closed. You can leave them open. But I'm going to close mine. And probably not. I'm going to read those questions again. Huh? Are you seeking your identity, your value, and worth from earthly things? We're going to pray and we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us in that moment. So we're going to pray. I'm going to read the questions again. And just allow Him to do that. Father, we just come before you today to be transformed by your cross. So, Father, today, right now, we just ask you, am I allowing myself to be defined by the past? Have I spent time looking back instead of looking forward? Am I seeking my identity, my value, and worth from earthly things? Holy Spirit, will you just show me where my confidence and strength is? Is it in you or is it in me? And Father, is there any place where I need to plug back into the source of life? Is there any disconnection between me and you? Father, as we just listen for your Holy Spirit, I know he speaks and he speaks quick. He does not delay. Give us ears to hear him, hearts to understand him. Father, as we hear your voice today, we say yes. We will obey you. 
for you alone are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. The cross is our source of identity, confidence, and life. You can hear that word today, but if you walk out of here and don't allow it to take root in your heart, then you'll come back next week and need to hear the same word again. Put it into practice this week. Last announcement before you go get your kiddos. Christmas Eve, it's on December 24th this year. Uh, we have a, we can laugh about that one. Uh, so it's on a Sunday. We'll do our normal 10 a.m. service. And then that night we'll come back and we have a 5 p.m. candlelight service. So uh, I encourage you guys to bring your family, bring your friends, uh, and just it's going to be a fun time. Kiddos will have some battery operated. I, I, I don't know what age that is, but I'll probably just be looking, standing at the door, and I'll judge them on whether they get a candle or a battery candle, okay? We'll see, we'll see how dirty their shirt is on the, from the ride, you know. Uh, but it's going to be a great time. We found a phone. By we, I mean not me. Okay, well, good to clarify. It was not, me or Eric did not find that phone. It was found in the women's bathroom. If you lost your phone there, go get it. All right, love you guys. See you all next week.